right. Excited to kick off a new series called What's the Point? And uh, for the next four weeks, so this week and then the next three, we're going to be taking a look at what is the point? Uh, how many know it's one of the biggest questions people face is, what on earth am I here for? What's the point of all of this? What's the meaning of life? You know, and uh, so we're going to take a look at it through Scripture. What does the Bible have to say about our purpose? What does the Bible have to say about why we're here and how you got here? And does it matter? And um, what's interesting for me is, you know, when I look into data, uh, they were telling us that um, two-thirds of Americans uh, in a year, uh, throughout the year, admit uh, that they feel hopeless. So two-thirds of Americans say that they go through seasons where they feel hopeless. They don't have any hope. They just feel like, I'm, I'm hopeless. Or uh, same statistic is two-thirds of every American say that they're in seasons within a year uh, that they're in depression, that they feel like, you know, hey, I, I, don't, I don't have a point here. You know, I'm at, I'm at this place where I'm just depressed and I don't know what's the point. And, I'm, and, uh, and so what's interesting, and there's no judgment on that. We could all actually identify with that if we were, uh, if we were honest. Uh, but what's interesting about that is when you look at American culture and you look at all the things, we're the most blessed nation ever. Uh, if you own a car, you're in the top 2% in the world of people uh, that are rich. I mean, you're literally considered rich if you're someone who has a car. And so we have all of these things but if we don't understand our purpose, how I many know that can be a hopeless or maybe a depressing place to live in, amen? And so some people go like, well, uh, you know, maybe if I just get enough money, you know, if we get enough money, uh, that will be the point. You know, if we just get enough money, then I'll be happy because, you know, then we'll have enough money and we can do whatever, and then I'll be happy. And so the point is to just get enough money. But how I many know there's a lot of rich people uh, that still don't have purpose? They haven't discovered their purpose. Or uh, if we just, you know, if we get famous, you know, if we just, if we get enough popularity or we get enough people around us or a big enough friends group and, uh, you know, we're really social and, or, you know, maybe if we could become famous, then, then, you know, that's the point is, is to be known. Um, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of known people that are messed up. Amen. Or, uh, our career, if we could just build something successful that somebody could look at and go, wow, look at them. They really have purpose because they were successful. They built something, but how I many know there's a lot of successful people that still haven't achieved their purpose. Amen. And so, uh, it's interesting how we should really continue to look at what is the point of all of this? It's not money, it's not fame, it's not uh, even success. What is the purpose or what's the point to life? What is the point to why we're here? And so, like I said, the next few weeks, we're gonna look into it, but here's what I believe. I believe you can't look at the purpose of something without looking at the creator of it. Uh, so this microphone, we wouldn't know the purpose of it and all of its capabilities really without talking to the creator of it. Uh, hey, so you tell me, and I don't know all the things that happen in here. Uh, Doug just says, turn this one on, turn it off and do this, whatever. Um, that's all I know about it. But he could probably tell you a little bit more about what happens inside and all the transmitters and all that kind of stuff. But the creator could really tell you its purpose and its function and how, how it can thrive and what damages it and all this kind of thing. Well, it's the same thing in our lives. I believe that we were bought, created by God. That's what I believe. I believe that, uh, that in Genesis, I think you see that God created mankind and that uh, our creator has a purpose for us, as, just like the creator of this microphone has a purpose for it. Our creator has a purpose for our lives. I don't think we're just a little science experiment where he just you know, wanted to do this thing and watch some people run around. And, and the reason I know that that's not the case is because he made us with a will. 
We're not like entertainment value. The scripture says that he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and said God's desire was to be in relationship with his creation. And so part of the purpose is for us to be in relationship with God, with our creator, uh, is to be thriving in life with a God who loves us. And it's hard for us to sometimes understand that, you know, because maybe we've grown up in a place where, uh, you know, God is angry God and he's out to get you and throw lightning bolts at you. And, but all of scripture, cover to cover, and we'll look at it more, is God saying, hey, I'm crazy about you. I love you. I have a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen? Amen. And so for us, uh, we just, you know, to start to look at what's the point, we got to look at what does the creator, what did he determine? Uh, I thought about this. You have to look at the Bible. For us to take a look at what the creator says about our life, we have to look at the Bible. And the thing that I get a lot, people say, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, you started a church. Oh, the Bible, Christianity, there's so many rules. But here's the thing about the Bible. There's more promises for your life in scripture than there are any kinds of rules. The Bible is more of an enhancement to your quality of life than it is any kind of restriction. Somebody say amen. Uh, a friend of mine sent me this picture a couple weeks ago, which is really clear. Um, this really sums it up in a lot of people's life. I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it. Wait, that's not a fence. It's a guardrail. And, and really that's God's design in our life is he's not trying to hold you back because he wants to be this, take all the fun out of your life. God is a person that's like, hey, I wanna make sure you have in your life what's best for you. It's like with my little kids, I have a three-year-old and I have a 10-month-old and there's things that I have to remove from their life because it's not good for them because I care about them, amen? There's things in our life that God's like, ah, oh, don't do that like that because that will hurt you because I'm your creator and I know what your purpose is, amen? So anytime people argue, we can get rid of the picture. Anytime people argue with me uh, about, well, oh, the Bible, it's so oppressing and it's so whatever, it's actually the most empowering thing that you can actually submit your life to, amen? So our creator not only created us, but he also gave us this incredible book that has stood the test of time. And the book is given to us to empower us and to encourage us so that we can thrive in our purpose of what's the point, amen? Even Jesus shows up. You can see in John 10, Jesus shows up and his language is this, hey, I've come to bring you life and bring it to you in abundance. I've come to give you better life. I didn't come to hold you down and pull you back and do all this. I've come to enhance the quality of life of your purpose and your point here. Jesus led the way uh, in coming and encouraging and inspiring, amen? God is for us in more ways than you could even imagine, amen? The scripture talks about how God cares so much about your purpose and your potential that even before you were born, even before the scripture said, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he knew your days. That's not somebody who just wanted to make a little science experiment and just, hey, let's watch these humans run around down here. Like he gave you a will because he wanted you to have the ability to choose to be in relationship with him. He wanted authentic quality relationship with you. He wanted to move and act on your behalf and you, us respond to him, amen? So before we were even born, God was thinking about you and caring about you and your purpose. The scripture, David in Psalm 139, 14, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know full well. David is saying like, hey, I am a creation of God. That's a wonderful thing. Like my potential and my purpose is an amazing work of God. How many of us struggle to relate to that idea? I mean, how many of us literally on your way to work, 
you know, could jump in the car and start driving down the road and go, you know what? Man, today's a good day because I am put together by God today. We don't think that way, do we? And so we get bogged down in our purpose. We, oh, what's my purpose? It's a Monday, same old Monday. Say, what if you got in your car and you said, man, today, Monday, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I'm gonna win it today. I'm gonna sleep in tomorrow because I'm still getting over this. But um, maybe Tuesday for me, I'm gonna, but think about it. Maybe you would find more of your purpose if we changed our perspective. Maybe if we just thought differently about, maybe like the writer here is saying like, hey, God, I praise you because of what, look what you've done in my life. Look at all that I have through you, amen? I brought with me two things before we close, uh, two points that I wanna share with you and then uh, we'll get into a bunch of good stuff in the next couple weeks in the series. But two things that I think really hinder us from being able to see our purpose or what's the point uh, of what God is doing in our life, two things that really hold us back the first one is this. Here's one thing uh, that we get messed up on is we think that your purpose, or we need to understand that our purpose is not determined by our past. Our purpose is not determined by our past. So many of us think, man, I would really like to be able to get to that. I would really love to see God be able to bring me through to this over here. And I would really love to see the point of my life get to this, but I had that because I had that thing happen and because this was a part of it, that there's no way that this would ever allow me to get to this. And so there's no more point. But that's not true. That's not how God sees things. Isaiah 43, 18 mentions, he says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. All throughout scripture, God is continually speaking to us to, hey, we've made confession of sin such a negative thing. You know, we've made, oh, you know, you sinned. You gotta go make a confession. And, uh, and, and I'm not like picking on any religion, but, but and we've, we've made all this stuff into it. You know, we've made this whole big deal into it. But confession of sin is such a freeing thing. That's an empowering thing. That's not like a, hey, I need to go and, you know. No, God is saying, hey, I don't want you held in the past. I don't want you to be held down by those things. Hey, let's get free of the things that are holding us so that we can move forward. All of scripture is, hey, let go of the things of the past. Let go because I have more ahead for you, amen? It's like if Andy right here, if I were to say to Andy, like, hey, man, you got, got, God's done incredible things, man. Look at your hands are full of so many great accomplishments that God has done. But those seasons are done in your life, you know, and, and uh, your hands are full of all those accomplishments and you have those trophies. But over here, I wanna take you to like the next level. You're going to like level 1,000 million star 80. I don't know what that is, but, but it's time to go to that. Hey, come to this next thing. And as he's reaching forward for me to let him lay hold of the new thing, he's unwilling to let go of the former thing. Therefore, he can never grab hold of the new thing because he's so bound to the past thing. And we make that mistake all the time. No, I need to hold on to this because I have security in it or I have value in it or it worked for me at one time. But God is saying, hey, forget all those former things. The point is what I have ahead for you, amen? What is behind you is not as important as what is ahead of you. What is in your past doesn't matter as much as what's in your future. Some of you may have heard me share this point before, um, but it's really interesting for us as Christians. A lot of Christians make this mistake, and I guess you don't even have to be a Christian to make this mistake too, but we spend so much of our life uh, living in the rearview mirror perspective. Uh, imagine if we drove our cars just out of our rearview mirror. 
Uh, so we get in the car and we're literally gonna make our trip to work just driving out of the rear room here. Um, some of you wives, maybe, um, have a hard time just doing that out of the garage, out of the garage. There's a few in here I could mention, but I'll leave it alone. Um, but could you imagine if you tried to live, you drive your whole route just by looking in the rear view mirror, you would crash your car, you would run into things, you'd, but because you're looking at what's happening in the rear when you should be looking for, so many of us spend our lives that way. All, all of our perspective is the past, what happened in the past, in the past, in the past. Now the past is real. And that's something that should be dealt with. But the windshield in front of you is so much bigger. Why? Because it's so much more important for us to be looking forward. Amen? And the trouble with the rear view mirror is, again, I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. And, uh, and if you have little kids, you know, you got to keep an eye on the back seat because the three-year-old will feed the 10-month-old things it shouldn't eat and like fires start and just weird things happen in the back seat. And so my rear view mirror has to stay tilted down a little bit so I can have a, an eye on them and then on whatever's going on behind me. Um, and so what happens to me when I'm driving, I'm looking out the big mirror, uh, the, the big windshield, and I'm paying attention to the road ahead of me, but then I'll catch things in that rear view mirror. And they'll pop into my life and I'll go, oh, I'm looking, and I can catch myself spending more time looking in the rear view mirror longer than I should. Like, oh man, I need to get back into the, and look at the road ahead of me. But how many know we do that all the time too? We'll be looking ahead and just for a moment, something from the past blips in and you know, you shouldn't spend that much more time looking at it, but you do, you give time to it and you keep looking at it and you keep looking at it. The next thing you know, the road in front of you is, is possibly you're crossing the dangerous line. Amen. It will hurt your purpose and your potential and your point that God is trying to accomplish in your life if you're a person who's okay living in the rear view mirror. Well, they said, well, they've always been. Well, it's this. Well, you know them. That's what they do. Don't live like that. Be a people who believe the best for people in front of you. Amen? Is that okay? I'll close with this. Uh, my second point is this. Your value slash purpose does not come from your atmosphere. It comes from your creator. So your value or your purpose in life, it doesn't come from your atmosphere. It comes from your creator. When I think about this, I think about Joseph. We're actually gonna preach about Joseph next week when we talk about you were made to dream. Um, the point is you were made to dream. We're gonna talk about that next week. But I think a lot about Joseph when I think about this. Joseph was a person who had incredible destiny on his life. And all of these things kept happening to him and he kept falling into places that he really wasn't, the point wasn't for him to be there. He got put in places that he wasn't called and commissioned to. And so he could have looked around his life and let his atmosphere determine his value. But instead he kept his eyes on God and the dream that God placed on the inside of him. And he continued to move forward and trust God and believe for more. And I think a lot of that happens to us. We'll, we'll just take a look around at where we're at and we'll say, well, God, this is where I'm at. I guess this is what I'm worth. Is, are you with me? Some of you connected with that? But I want you to know that your value or your purpose does not come from your atmosphere. It comes from your creator. Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know this one. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's point for your life is to constantly be at your side cheering for you, speaking life into you, encouraging your future, encouraging hope into your life. 
because he cares about you. Amen. I, uh, I brought this dollar bill and um, the reason it's a dollar bill and we're gonna call it a hundred dollar bill. But if I keep anything higher than a $1 bill in my wallet, my wife takes it. So um, it's just a $1 bill. We're gonna call a hundred dollar bill. But, uh, but check this out about this. If I were to say to you guys today, hey, um, do they make a thousand dollar bill? I don't know. Do they make one? I have no idea. None of us do here. <laughs> okay. Everybody's like, I don't, I don't know. Do they make a hundred dollar bill? I don't even, I've never seen one of those. Ask your wife. She knows where they are. <laughs> um, all right. So a hundred dollar bill, say this is a hundred dollar bill. And I would say, Hey, who, who wants this hundred dollar bill? And some of you may have heard me say this story before, but who wants this $100 bill? We just, oh, I want that $100 bill. But what if I said, well, this $100 bill was actually involved in gambling. Like it was actually involved in like some illegal gambling. Who wants this $100 bill? You'd be like, I still want that $100 bill. I was like, well, yeah, but before that, it was also involved in a drug deal. And uh, so, you know, its atmosphere has been kind of rough. Um, who still wants this $100 bill? You'd be like, I still want that $100 bill because it's still $100. And I could go on and on about all the things that it could have been involved in in its atmosphere but you would still want the $100 bill, why? Because its creator still says its value is $100. And in your life, it doesn't matter what you've been a part of or what has happened to you or the things, if your creator still says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and I have great plans for give you a future and a hope and all these things that God says about you, it doesn't matter what atmosphere says about you, it matters what the creator says about you, amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? I, uh, I, was, I didn't get to say this in the first service for time reasons, but I was thinking about my relationship with my kids. They boil, it boils down to one thing when you parent your child. Everything you do, everything you do when it comes to parenting or caring for the one that you created, if you will. So imagine that God to you, God created you so he thinks the same way I'm about to share the way that I think about my kids because I created my kids and, and I care about them. Basically, every decision that I make for my kids are because I want to make sure that the most potential gets harvested from them, amen? And you can put that all the way across the board to the food choices that we make, to the education choices, to the way that they spend their time, to the way that they do everything. Me loving them to the highest level is me making sure that the most potential and purpose gets developed out of them, amen? That's what the Bible is, cover to cover is God going, hey, son and daughter, do this and do this and do this because I want the best for you, amen? So that's the point is discovering, God, who, who do you want me to be? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to act? And, and so as we talk the next few weeks about what's the point, I believe that God is gonna really speak to you about discovering your purpose here on earth and your purpose here in this community. And, and uh, even the fact that you're here at this church, maybe your purpose here at this church, maybe he set you up with a mailer and uh, got you to a church service and it's gonna open something in your life that's gonna change your life. Maybe like the front of the card said or something, I don't know, but anyway. I want to encourage you, you know, don't hear these words and be like, oh, you know, that's just a good little sermon. I believe that God still 
is like screaming at you, hey, I wanna bring out the best in you. Hey, I wanna come and bring and give you the best life possible, amen? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. With nobody looking around, one way that I wanna give you the opportunity to discover your purpose and, and to reach your potential is to do this thing called uh, a sinner's prayer, to pray the sinner's prayer or to pray a prayer of salvation. And uh, with nobody looking around and, and we're not gonna embarrass you or have you come forward or anything, all we're gonna do is when I count to three, if you're in here and you say, hey, I wanna make a decision for Christ. I wanna make him Lord of my life. I wanna choose to become a Christian today. I'm gonna pray that prayer out loud. We're actually all gonna pray it together. So again, we won't single you out. We won't do anything like that. But if you're in here and you say, you know what, I wanna take my first step towards God's purpose in my life. Count me in that prayer. If that's you, when I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you in here, I see that hand back there. I see that one over there. Anybody else? Yeah, I see that one right on. Awesome job, you guys. Anybody else jump in on this? Very cool. Okay, you can put your hands down. If you're in here and you, you maybe weren't brave enough to raise your hand, but like in your heart, you're like, oh, that is me. You can pray this prayer. And it, the scripture says, if you believe it in your heart, when you pray it, uh, that it works the same, essentially. You're, you're on your way to heaven. So if you're in here and you say, yeah, count me in that too, but you maybe weren't brave enough to raise your hand, um, just pray this out loud with me. So let's all pray this together. Say, God, today I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.